Hey, thanks everybody for downloading this special edition of Noggin Notes. I'm Jake Wiskirchen. I'm the host. Very quickly, the show is sponsored by Zephyr Wellness, uh, my company that I co-own with my co-owner, Lindsay Bell, in Reno and Sparks, Nevada, and also by Audible. Audible is an Amazon company. You can help out the show by going to audibletrial.com slash notes and downloading a free 30-day trial of Audible. It's full of audiobooks, totally unmatched selection, unlike anywhere else on the planet. And uh, you can help us out. So audibletrial.com slash notes. This is just me today, and I'm going to recap what we did last night. I think last night was uh, so special for so many reasons. Here's what we did. We hosted, and when I say we, I mean Zephyr Wellness, hosted at um, Reno Guns and Range, which is a local gun store and indoor shooting range, a mental health training, meaning mental health practitioners could get continuing education units uh, verified by their state licensing boards for learning about guns. And the sponsor, the overall sponsor and coordinator of the program is Walk the Talk America. If, you, if you've listened for a while, you've probably heard me interviewing Mike Sodini from Walk the Talk America, and you know what they're about. But if you don't, go to walkthetalkamerica.org or wtta.org and learn more about them. So here's what we did. We took 11 clinicians, and we brought them into Reno Guns and Range, and we gave what is essentially a a children's, you know, basic, basic, basic intro level course to firearms, what they do, what they are, their history, uh, how to be safe with them. And then we had them fire the guns on the range. And then we talked about it. And it was three, uh, it ended up being almost four hours long, we, we slated it for three hours. And um, we just we just went long, but it was really good. And it was really rich content. And the the comments were were amazing. Almost everybody wrote in their in their uh, reviews of the course because we all have to do these uh, evaluations at the end to make sure that the the course gets credit from the licensing boards. Almost everybody wrote that they enjoyed the shooting experience. They enjoyed uh, learning about specific firearms. Um, and then they wanted more. They wanted more info on the firearms, and they wanted it on. You know, they wanted more range time to be able to shoot a little more because shooting's fun. Uh, if you if you're not into guns, uh, you should go shoot a gun just because it's 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 great. It's like it's like saying you know uh, you should try sushi. If you've never had sushi before, go try sushi. It's a very unique experience. It's delicious. Uh, almost everybody likes it, <laughs> unless you got a texture problem. But uh, but it's also very unique. So if you're the 52 percent of Americans who have uh, who don't own a firearm and don't live with somebody who does. Uh, I encourage you to to expand your your horizons a little bit, and I think that that's the idea of what we try to do. I don't think that I know that's exactly what we try to do. So we're trying to help expand clinicians' understanding of their own competence about what gun culture is, and this is important because, like I said, the statistics vary, but um, roughly forty eight ish percent of Americans either own a gun or live with somebody who does, and that statistic comes from a Pew Research poll conducted, I believe, in twenty seventeen fall of 2017 um and that's a lot of people and if we don't know what gun culture is about and all we know is what the media tell us uh, about you know big spooky guns and how certain groups are trying to take them away and other groups are just trying to push them on people well then we're not going to get the whole picture and what's the best way to understand a culture 
immerse yourself in it. So if you want, if you, if you've ever studied a language, uh, you've ever traveled abroad and you, you've done some cultural immersion, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you have an idea about a certain thing, but you've never actually experienced it, you're inevitably going to be very short in your understanding of whatever that thing is. So what's going on right now, uh, for those who may not be aware in the broader, what we call second amendment or two a community, uh, the second amendment of the United States constitution, by the way, is the one that says, uh, that the, the citizens right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, the, the second amendment community, the gun owner community, is largely afraid to come into counseling because they have been told falsely by various um, outlets that somehow mental health practitioners are going to freak out and pick up the bat phone to the the government and have the government take their guns away. And that could not be further from the truth. It is complete malarkey. It is completely fabricated. And it comes from almost nowhere. I won't say nowhere because I know that there are some stories of people who have had their gun rights restricted based on some prior mental health history, but um, there are some court cases challenging that and there are some legal efforts underway to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, But we as a a clinician community are not good at understanding um, a lot of cultures, frankly. I mean, they, they the, the, the graduate schools that we go through put us through at least one course in cultural competence broadly. You know, it's, it's uh, foundations of, of um, cultural understanding, that kind of thing. And usually it centers on uh, four simple things. It's race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, and gender. And, and outside of that, um, you can branch off. But, but that's, that tends to be the, the quote-unquote cultural competence. We don't get too much into disabilities. We don't get too much into poverty or socioeconomic diversity and culture. Uh, we definitely absolutely do not talk about gun culture one iota in graduate school, at least mine and the, about a dozen others of people who I've run into uh, have all testified that they, they haven't either. So this is important because we're talking about half of America, which is roughly half the population of the clients we could be treating, either owns a gun or lives with somebody who does. And we don't want, as clinicians, we don't want to be on on this uh, on this side of the fence where somebody comes into to therapy and, and in session they say, "Yeah, I'm really struggling with my my anxiety," and uh, and I you know my only relief is going out in the desert shooting targets. We don't want to hear that and go, "Oh my gosh, I have this." preconditioned understanding of what guns mean and they're dangerous and they kill people. And so, uh, I think I need to call the authorities cause you with your anxiety shouldn't have guns. Like we really need to not be doing that. Never mind the fact that we have ethical codes that are woven into law in most cases that absolutely prevent us from doing that. Um, that's not an appropriate response to somebody in need, but that very response is in fact, what is pushing people away from getting treatment. So that's a big deal. So what we did last night um, was special for a variety of reasons, but chiefly it's because not only are we combating that and we're trying to, to implement some new knowledge in the minds of the, the clinicians so that they can respond appropriately when that conversation happens uh, without judgment and without, without fear and that kind of thing, but because it's, to our knowledge, it's the first time it's ever happened. No one anywhere has ever done such a training to, to our knowledge. Now, I'm relying on Michael Sodini, who founded Walk the Talk America, and Rob Pincus, who, is, uh, who travels the world and has written like eight or nine books, and he's got like two more in publication. Um, 
who does firearms training and is former law enforcement and he's been in the NRA and now he's, um, activate, he's, he's active trying to change the NRA, uh, national rifle association. For those of you who don't know, um, this guy's literally going around the world training people and, and all sorts of law enforcement and military personnel. And between the two of them, and then of course me and my little narrow world in Nevada, none of us have ever heard of such a training. And in fact, it's been echoed by uh, clinicians broadly who say, yeah, well, admittedly, we don't know much about guns. We just know what we're told through, you know, news outlets. And then the, the Second Amendment community has repeatedly said, thank goodness you guys are doing this because it's high time because a large amount of our people are struggling. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They're afraid to go into the office because they think that, you know, the clinician's going to judge them. And they're they're going to lose their ability to to have their guns. Now, I don't really care what your opinion is about guns because it doesn't matter. What matters is fact, and the fact is we have a law on in our constitution in this country that guarantees a person's right to own a firearm, and, and that's it. Like there are states that have restrictions, and I get all that, um, but your opinion about it is irrelevant. Uh, what matters is that the fact is people own guns; they do things with those guns, and Based on that alone, they're afraid to come get care, and as a result, they're living they're living uh, less healthy lives. They're suffering, and in many cases, they're dying. Um, and and I'm not talking about just the the gun owners who like to collect guns and shoot in the desert and are just you know working as plumbers and accountants and and uh, nurses and school teachers. I'm talking about all of our law enforcement personnel and all of our military personnel. They're afraid to come in to get help because they think that somehow by doing so, they're going to lose the ability to carry that weapon on duty. And that's not okay. And that's a that's a, a responsibility that the clinicians and the clinical community has to embrace and and walk with and carry so that we stop pushing people away from care. Now, I have a philosophy that says... Um, your, your rights shouldn't be infringed based on some mental illness anyway. Um, and I, and I, ext I extrapolate that not only from the gun angle, but I also put it into um, you shouldn't lose your right to vote because you went to prison. Uh, you shouldn't lose your ability to work because you checked the box on the application. Uh, I don't think employers should even be asking if you have any mental health treatment history on a job application. Uh, I don't think we should be asking whether or not you've been convicted of a felony on a job application. I don't think that stuff's irrelevant. I don't even think that's relevant because as an employer and as a mental health clinician, I believe in the ever-evolving capacity for people to heal. If I didn't, I would. I should just hang up my, my license and, and not practice anymore because then people would just be permanently stuck wherever they are. That's not why I do what I do. I do what I do because... I want people to be able to get better. Now, once they're better, we need to move on and, and acknowledge them where they are, not where they used to be. So with the gun issue, guns are, guns are dangerous, like straight up. They're, they're designed to, to um, inflict harm upon objects or animals, whether that animal is a four-legged animal or a two-legged animal. And as such, we need to be cons considering the fact that Maybe somebody in a in a mental health crisis or in a depressed state uh, or is just struggling with life, maybe they just don't need their guns right now. But what we don't need 
is them being afraid that they're going to be taken from them by an exterior entity like the government or like me as a clinician. I'm not going to go into your house and take your gun. Um, so we can have those conversations with the people who are struggling and say, hey, man, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not the right idea to, you know, have your guns around right now. Can you give them to your brother-in-law or can you can you go down to the gun range and put them in a locker for, you know, for a while until we work through this stuff? You know, the bad divorce or the the, the PTSD that you came back from Afghanistan with or, you know, or, or the PTSD you got from that officer involved shooting last week. Um, maybe maybe it's just not a good idea to, to carry a gun. Maybe the, the department can give you some desk work. Um, and then they can voluntarily surrender. However, if I as a clinician am not equipped because my cultural competency is so deficient in understanding what gun guns mean to the person and what gun culture is, I'm not even able to have the reasonable conversation about what they can do. So that's why we do these things. And this is the first in a series of more educational experiences, hopefully not just for clinicians, but for the 2A community as well. I want the 2A community to have counseling demystified for it. And I am, I'm just super stoked to be able to, to bring this class to not just to our, our uh, mental health professionals, but to just regular old lay people who are not in our field, who just happen to be gun owners. And they're like, yeah, I want some counseling, but I've heard and you know, fill in the blank with what they've heard. Uh, and then I can say, okay, that's true. That part's sort of true. That's not true at all. Um, Let's talk about this. Um, I'm I'm excited. I want to share my excitement with you. I want to tell you how it went, which was f- phenomenally well. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. This was the intro class, and in case you're you're still curious, I'm going to keep talking a little bit more, and then I'll I'll cut it off. I swear. Um, the idea is we take this intro course, which happened to be three hours, uh, but then we build on it. So we go intro, and then we maybe go intermediate, and then we go advanced, and then we go. Uh, full certificate course. Maybe there's like four or five levels of this course where we get deeper into detail. There's more experiences, more exposure, uh, more range time, different subject matter experts from the firearms community come in and talk, and we cover different topics until ultimately we have a, a, a nice, solid group of clinicians who can say, I took the intro course and I I feel like I'm competent to, to have a conversation with a gun owner now, or I've gotten all four or five installations of this continuing education course, and I have a full-blown certificate that says that I am, you know, I'm a safe person to go talk to uh, if you're a gun owner. You don't have to fear me. I'm not going to judge you, and uh, and and I get you. And we have certificates of competency for all sorts of things, like couples counseling and uh, tra- trauma counseling, and uh, so why not why not a, a certificate program for gun culture competency that basically hangs a shingle out and says, um, go ahead, gun owners, come here. You're safe talking to me. That in and of itself will be a great help. But I think broadly, if we can just become more cognizant of our own blind spots, more aware of our own fears, challenge those fears, challenge those presuppositions, and make it a more welcoming environment for all people to come to counseling, then Everybody gets uh, better. We all start to heal, and there is no more stigma around either the gun ownership or the counseling aspect of what it is that we're trying to do. I don't want stigma anywhere. I want full appreciation of all sorts of cultures. Even if you disagree, even if that's not your thing, even if you consistently go to the voting box and vote one way or another for a certain policy, you should probably at least have a full embraced understanding of it, whether it be uh, transgender rights or it be um, 
uh, African-American culture in America, or it's uh, the, the understanding of what it's like to be an immigrant in, in the United States, or um, any number of things. Being an airline pilot, like if you want to go do something, you want to be fully affirming and welcoming, uh, you, need to, you need to drop yourself into that culture, know it well, so that you can competently speak to your limits and your boundaries rather than being in an emotionally reactive state when somebody brings up something uh, about which you're unfamiliar. And, and this goes for religion and spirituality too. So um, I'm stoked. I want to spread the word. Uh, this, is, this is my podcast, so I get to talk about it. <laughs> and that's why I decided to do this. So um, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, thanks for all the support. Thank you again for, for downloading. Uh, it's always humbling to know that people listen to what we have to say. And please, 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 if you know people who are in the situation I described, which is they're gun owners, uh, maybe they're struggling, maybe their kids are struggling, uh, they don't know what to do, um, share this with them. Tell them that there's hope because now this conversation is happening. This conversation has literally never happened. Uh, we've we've just, we as as the two cultures, mental health and gun gun ownership, We've just kind of stood across this self-imposed chasm looking at each other suspiciously for many years. And it's it's high time that that's stopped. So I invite the spreading of all this. I really look forward to it. I can't wait for, to see where this goes. I'm really excited. I think it's going to change a lot of stuff. And darned if it didn't start right here in Nevada. And that makes me proud. Thanks again for listening. On behalf of the Naga Notes team and the Zephyr Wellness family, I wish you all great mental wellness. Bye-bye.